for our Canadian lifters. Pure passion, real results, what you put in your body should matter. Pure Vita Labs PVL supplements are clean, tested, and approved. Powering athletes for over 25 years. They also power the KOTL podcast. You could trust PVL. Use code KOTL15 for partnership pricing at PVL.com. This meeting is being recorded. Oh, wow. That was loud, Esther. <laughs> what is this? This has got like speakers like a rock concert. <laughs> Esther looks surprised as anybody that that was. But um, yeah, so anyways, six-pack Lapidat, Esther returns. Um, we got the 93-kilo king. Uh, Chance Mitchell is back and Arian Messi-Kamesi. We're going to take a look at the Asian Championships, um, and it'll be unlike the European Championships, where we did division by division and gave gold, silver, bronze. This is kind of a skim through, give some highlights, and have more of a free-flowing conversation, and we can literally talk about whatever. That's just one of the pieces. That's something that brought us together to talk, but feel free, uh, gentleman and lady, to talk about whatever the hell you want to talk about. Um, cause it's been a hot minute and I wanted to get, before we hop in here, wanted to get your impression chance of the young man who from France, who totaled 800 kilos. Now this is your weight class. Yeah. You're the king of the 93s and the kids 18 years old hit 800 kilos just for context. No sub junior in any weight class has a world record. This is the youngest of any sub junior to hit 800 kilos. And he's a 93. If you go to IPF IPF World Records and the sub-juniors, he's the only one to hit 800 kilos, including, of course, 105s, 120s, 120 plus. Keep that for context, how special this kid is. Um, and for pacing, and this is a good conversation me and Chance had, and we can pick it back up. But for pacing prospect, he's ahead of a guy like Ashton, for instance. Ashton at 18 had not hit this either. You know, it's just this kid is pacing incredibly. And of course, he's from France. There's a great big tidal wave of powerlifting coming through France. If you if you haven't seen it, the opportunity of being in France and it there, it it's like a rock concert when they put it on. And it is not so powerlifting is blowing up over there. Um, so chance, what were your thoughts, man? It seems like it's France or USA, France or USA for these prodigies. You know, you mentioned Ashton. Um, I think, so he was the, the first sub junior to ever hit 800, regardless of weight class. Correct. Right. Yeah. That's, that's, that's worded a lot better than I did. Yeah. That <laughs> yeah. was the thing that I was like, oh, wow. Like that really puts it in perspective. Um, but 800 was winning worlds like seven years ago, six, yeah. seven years ago in the open. And then it slowly, it was like the juniors and now all of a sudden sub juniors, it's that I feel like I make an Instagram story every couple of years talking about, hey, you know, like this total would have won worlds, blah, 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 years ago in the juniors. And then it's now the sub juniors. And then it's going to be, you know, the youth weight classes, or the division, <laughs> the you know, women's 57 juniors. Right, 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 right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And I remember, I think I hit my first 800 kilo um, at 93, 2018, you know, 2019, maybe it was five, six years into competing, um, that the, the scaling there for people that are listening is just 
that's that's crazy. I, I don't know how far his limit is. Maybe he's going to be 900 at 93, you know, within a few more years. Who knows? It's it's um because we had that conversation where, and this happens in all sports, where yeah. some people hit the ground running and it is not so in terms of the progress. And you see it in like basketball, baseball, whatever. People get signed, big deals. It doesn't mean like they're going to be solid, but mm-hmm. progress might slow at the top end. Or, yeah. or they could be like fucking a young Mike Tyson where he was the champ at 20. Like, God knows. You don't know. We, we don't know how this is going to work out. But it's exciting. If, if anything else, it's, it causes discussion. And uh, to the point you made as well in terms of like these prodigies coming out of place. They're coming out everywhere. But Francis, obviously U.S. always. But Francis really starting to pump them out now in the men's. You know, previously the women's, now in the men's. And I was looking at like technique, right? Earlier on when people are, you know, just starting powerlifting, their technique isn't isn't great. And sometimes they're still really strong. I mean, the kid's technique was really good, right? Like, it's not like he was new in terms of movement or like technical proficiency. He's, he's there. Um, so that could be good, could be bad in terms of how much optimization you have down the road. But um, yeah, he definitely knows what he's doing, obviously. That young, which is crazy. Yeah. Already into the 800s. I mean, his rate of adaptation, holy smokes. By the time we go to like next year's worlds, you know, the juniors. Um, what did he do it at uh, junior worlds? 775, if I remember correctly. I mean, and this is August. Yeah. He put on 25 kilo. If he puts on another 25 kilo in, in like another three months, like, like we're his, talking. His squat was grindy. But that was like it was a limit lift, right? I don't know what, he, how, what did he add from his squat because that alone looked like that was probably what did a lot to his total. Let's take a quick. Arian, are you pulling this up, kind love? His squat then move. He did a two eighty two at Junior Worlds, and then he did a two eighty here and missed the two eighty two point five. Oh wow! <laughs> yeah, it did move. So bench his, and deadlift, huh? His bench was two hundred point five at Junior Worlds and is two ten here, and he got the world record. And then he delved to 292.5 at Junior Worlds, and he got 310.5 here for the world record. That's a nice jump on deads. Maybe Worlds, uh, Junior Worlds, maybe he was, miss- was he missing lifts? Uh, I mean, he missed his uh, first bench, and then he missed his third dell of 310.5. So he just had a better day then, put it together. I mean, yeah, we'll, we'll have to see, man. It, it's, a, it's definitely exciting. That's for sure. And then obviously, um, Jad Jacob. So you're 52, right? Yeah. But this is close. This is close. Do you watch, what weight classes do you follow? Um, mostly um, U52, U57. So you, you hang around basically your, your body weight. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so that's what a lot of people do. Um, and yeah, man, holy smokes. Jad Jacob breaking the world record. It's, yeah. it's insane. 0.5. That's where Joy beat her at Open World. 0.5. Jad comes back, takes her world record by 0.5. These ladies are neck and neck. I think I think we got ourselves a rivalry, and we're going to have to settle this in 2023. Mm-hmm. It was uh, in chance also with that mm-hmm. kid being 93. Um, why is 93 so cl- so stacked? It seems like 93 is like probably the most competitive division in the men's, I would say. Am I wrong here? This is crazy. I look at like the people who are showing up in 93s, and then now you look at the youth who's entering 93s. Why is this 93 so stacked? 
Yeah, I would say it was probably more of a stacked position in the open, whereas the junior, sub-juniors, most men aren't to that body weight yet. Mm. So that's why you see like the, the teen 74 or 70 or 83, and those are the ones. But yeah, I don't know in this case why, but um, 93 is just the big biggest pool. That's why we have the little favoritism on dots, right? Yeah. Is it just because once people start, like when you walk around, if you walk around a certain body weight, once you start lifting, you're going to end up tipping into around the 200 pound range, I guess. That's my guess, right? For me, I was always like maybe 80-ish kilos before I started really powerlifting. And then it was just too hard to, to get to 83. And I was like, okay. And then I just committed to 93. And that's where I've been for the last eight years. Hmm. Yeah. It's uh yeah, I mean it's it's funny how like the 93s are absolutely stacked and you're like you said, like this kid has jumped in so quickly and your route to the top. If anyone's listening, and I remember your caption saying, Man, I'm I was a slow boil. You know, it took yeah. so long for me to get here, and it's just it, there's so many different pathways. So some people see a kid like this and they get discouraged and be like, Man, I've been powerlifting for five years. This kid's already passed me. You would be that guy. And you would still end up, we know that you're how your story goes. You become a world champion. So any, there are people who are listening who are like, man, five years in, this kid's already passed me. There's no way. Yeah, there is. There's different pathways to the top. Some people receive their progress in like lump sum packages every couple of years. And then some is like they compete, you know, four times a year, three times a year, and they just have little incremental progress the whole way. That's yeah. what I've seen. Yeah. And that's the way it is in sports, period. It is what it is. Shall we get into the Asian scene here? The Asian championships. We can yeah. do a little little look here um, and pull up the good lift. Do you want to per peruse over men or women's first? What are you guys thinking? We can go over women's. Yeah. Yep. Sounds good. I'll pull up the so in the women's 47s, it looks to me like we got it looks pretty tight on the nominations. Esther, are you familiar? Because we have a lifter coming from South Korea here. Yeah, um Tion, um, she's currently second on the nominations list. She's a pretty seasoned athlete. She's kind of like the like OG of powerlifting in Korea, even though it's very like young here the sport itself um like people call her kong general she's like the bean general <laughs> that's her nickname <laughs> <laughs> and um yeah she's been powerlifting for about 10 years oh, and she just started she's she's been powerlifting all this time without a coach and she just um, started working with coach kedrick with performance training and uh, it's going to be her first competition since before COVID. First international competition. And I think she and the Taiwanese girl will have to contend for the first place. Anybody know much about this lady from, Ta from Chinese Taipei? Uh, I pulled up her good lift. She's uh, competed in Norway and Sweden. She's yeah. done a few world championships. Yeah, yeah. It looks mostly in, in equipped, right? 
She has some more on open open IPF though of some classic meets. Like she did the Asian Championships 2019 and she hit a 312.5. So it just depends on since 2019 how much she's progressed in her mm -hmm. uh, raw lifts. Yeah, so the, 483. Yeah. With um, a lot of the Taiwanese lifters, when I stalk them on open powerlifting, it seems like a lot of them compete both in equipped and raw like throughout the year. So I can really never get a sense of like what their actual raw total is. Mm. And some of them are sneaky, not necessarily from Chinese Taipei, but I noticed uh, some of these nominations might be a little sneaky. I know. I know. <laughs> so like, so I don't know. It's this is my first international competition. So how accurate are these nominations? <laughs> <laughs> sometimes it depends on the country yeah. It, yeah but by rule it's supposed to be um their best toll in the last 12 months from a national or international competition but some countries okay. don't follow that some lifters maybe didn't do like an international competition or nationals like mm -hmm. classic maybe they only lift equipped and then their first time classic is going to like one of these bigger meets uh, I feel like maybe more lately, some lifters or countries are putting higher nominations to get their lifters in the better flight. So they're not in the second flight. Um, so you get all kinds of crazy stuff like that. But a lot of the, the more uh, countries that are go to world championships on a regular basis um, will yeah. just send the actual nominations from nationals. And some just make up random numbers and put it in. Yeah, no, I, I could. I sense that a little bit <laughs> there's a couple people that are completely mysteries i looked them in and they're a complete mystery i'm like i don't know where this person's coming from and you never you never know right um yeah. and look at especially we're used to open powerlifting but sometimes there's some nations that don't submit the results and open powerlifting can't help you and maybe legitimately there was a competition but just you know, I don't know if it was mock meat style or whatever. Yeah. Who knows, right? It, it, you just don't know. But uh, yeah, yeah but I guess we'll find out. Even even the, because um, obviously I'm competing this competition and I stalked everyone from like first place to 10th place in the <laughs> U52. Um, and the second place girl from Kazakhstan, Anastasia, she really really she's a mystery woman because when you when you look at her open powerlifting results she competed in all weight classes from 76 down to 47. like oh my god <laughs> and i don't know like because it says her bench press is 110 kilos at uh u52 um i don't know if that's true I don't know if that result was from uh, when she was at a higher weight weight class. Like I, I really can't tell for sure. Yeah, this is quite the spread in terms of weight classes, isn't it? Yeah. And it um, it's like a cut. It's very rare you see someone as a seventy-two cutting right down to forty-seven, and then back, and then now we're back up again to fifty-two. And it was bouncing yeah. around. It's a very, this is really. Really strange, right? Yeah. Huh. That's quite the influx. I, I'm, yeah. How do you scout for that? Yeah. So I, she's, she's a bit of a question mark for me. And I think in the U52, the, the fight for the third place, fight for podium will be pretty, um, 
pretty high competition because we have similar totals from third place to up to the sixth place. And I'm in that group as well. <laughs> so <laughs> Stella, she, Stella is a um, competitor from Hong Kong and she has cut down from the 57 class to the 52. And I know for a fact that her numbers listed on the nominations are from the 57. So it'll be interesting to see who who gets podium. And where do you where do you see yourself? Podium. But <laughs> <laughs> you're like, I'll finish off podium. I'll just finish right. Yeah. Yeah. And the lifts that go, well, that's good. I mean, look at I'm obviously very familiar with uh, Farhana from Singapore. Um, I'm not sure yeah. if she was still if she's still with Penna, but I know she was with Penna just as recently, at least yeah, with she September. Is. She is okay because I yeah. know she was with Penna when she broke the uh, the world record deadlift with a two oh one. And yeah. shades of Joy Namani, she does it without a belt. Now she'll squat with a belt, so she's not yeah. totally Joy Namani, but she does not deadlift with with a belt on and broke the world yeah. record with a two oh one, which is. Um, 443 pounds ish by a 114 pound woman i mean it's she's got a massive deadlift on her mm -hmm. yeah so she she just competed in september at the c cup and i think she had a bit of room left for her squat so we'll see if she um breaks her total again but september was pretty recent so yeah. it's pretty recent yeah now a lot of these lifters that are with henna do like crazy volume and they lift often like they compete often like you see turbo yeah. tiff and all these girls that he's worked with like have crazy schedules and they seem to yeah. be always hitting some big numbers so maybe she'll yeah. be all right with it yeah I'm, I'm expecting a, a big deadlift from her uh like from what i've seen the last like few months even um i feel like her deadlift has just gotten stronger but i think she did just get married recently oh yeah so well, that, that level make that level make her stronger chance. Yeah, well, maybe, hopefully. No, you need you need a breakup to get. That's stronger. right. No, oh, you're right. No. no, you're right. You know, you need a little fire in the belly. A good breakup yeah. would be like, I'm gonna fucking show this girl. I'll, I'll be in the gym like crazy. I never look so exactly. good. That's no, you're right. <laughs> That's right. Okay. Yeah, I think you might be on some. So she should be up there for overall, right? That's how we're looking yeah. at women's. I think well, that she's. I think she's definitely a threat. Um, mm -hmm. I mean, obviously, we'll, we'll we'll skim through the women's and then we'll see what what we're thinking. I know Joyce Rebaton is going to be a massive threat mm -hmm. as well. We could crunch some yeah. numbers here if we project what we think these ladies are going to do, and then we can make our picks. Mm -hmm. um, and then I don't know if you guys have any ideas in terms of uh, you know national team placing. And uh, but oh. yeah, I'm I'm see some of these lifters it's very difficult for me to do the background checks because they're not necessarily an open IPF or, or well, open powerlifting and they're not necessarily on Instagram. So, you know, it's the, I, I think Singapore overall looks to be one of the strongest. Right. I think, I think um, Clinton told me it's usually Singapore, Kazakhstan um, fighting for national team winner. So, but this this year it's the biggest competition, biggest Asia competition yet. 
um, more countries are joining in. So it's really up in the air. Because we, uh, I think we're at like 450 range lifters or 400, late 400s for lifters competing. Is that right? Uh, I think it's more than 500. Is it? Yeah. Maybe some people dropped out. On the, on the good lift, it said at the bottom. Oh, yeah? Some people might have dropped out, though. From oh, men's, women's, yeah. juniors, masters, everything? Uh, you know what? Let's take a look here. Um, in total, 150 lifters when I look at the, the women. People must have dropped out. But that's normal as well, right? Yeah. But it's, and then uh, in total, three, 321, yeah. Yeah, 321. So, I mean, together, that's 471. So you probably were over 500, and then eventually you're going to lose like 30 people or so. You're going to lose people yeah. at the top. It's just the way it goes, right? People get injured or whatever the hell happens. But that's yeah. pretty good. Um, yeah. Like powerlifting is definitely on the rise in Asia. There's no question about that. Definitely, yeah. What's what's the thoughts here, uh, Esther? Is it just people are like, oh, I want to go to Dubai. So that's why we're going to go to this one. <laughs> oh, no. People, people weren't even happy that it was in Dubai because – Really? It's it's really far for us. Like it's not necessarily like Asia for us. So the flights are pretty long. It's an expensive trip. So they just want to go and compete in an in international competition because in the last two years we never got a chance. Mm. So yeah, what's the status the status with that? Is is it something to do with the Korean team with the IPF or is how come that was the case? Um, it was mostly due to COVID. Mm -hmm. Even last year, um, we only had one competition, um, one national competition, and that was it. Just this year, we ended up having two. So uh, actually three. So it's just because it's run by a small group of people, we don't have that many competitions. And obviously, due to COVID, we didn't get to travel for an international competition during 2020 or 2021. So, yeah, that, that was that. So, South Korea was not at 2021 or 2022 World Championships at all? South Korea has actually never been to Worlds yet. So, if we, and we will go next year. So, that will be our first national team going to Worlds. Why? Uh... Why is yeah. that? Why, why is it? Um, I, I guess, um, like we previously, this is probably um, the most competitive our team has ever been yet, even in Asia. Mm -hmm. And I think um, the national team for um, the KPF leader just decided that we weren't ready for Worlds just yet. Um, but he did say in a in a speech yesterday that he's sending a team next year during 2023 uh malta um so we'll be there i mean that's hopefully I'll be there. yeah that's pretty cool i, I wonder if um a lot of asian nations are going to be start like kind of on the same pace like with yeah. when you see like the asian championships gaining steam gaining participation and getting more lifters like we just said people breaking world records at these championships mm -hmm now more national teams are going to start showing up or if other teams had already shown up far more lifters on them right right like even even for um i think canon has mentioned during our last podcast that 
even in the 2021 um, world, she was the only Asian lifter in her weight class. Like, yeah, uh, like of all of Asia in her weight class, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so it's, it's just really not common yet, but you will see more Asian countries popping up starting next year, I think. Well, I've noticed India at the juniors was, there was yeah. far more lifters at the juniors in India. I don't know if that was a proximity thing because we were in Turkey and it's a little closer or, or what have you, but way more lifters from India in men's and women's. Um, it's getting big. It, it is definitely getting big, but I also saw a trend in Singapore. There are heaps of heaps of very, very strong junior lifters that don't ever make it to open. And I do think it, it's not injuries. It's just um, they just kind of stop lifting because they need to live their lives. Like they need to like, you know, make money, be a doctor, or be, you know, be What's a lawyer. Better? What's more important than a big deadlift? Am I right, Chance? Come on. That's, what that's I'm exactly saying. what I was going to say. Yeah. That is life. But, <laughs> but that's just how it is in Asia, I think. I Unless you're like fully into fitness, like your job is in fitness, it's really hard for you to compete at an elite level when you're a bit older. And that's why a lot of these Asian lifters, they tend to drop out after their like the junior stage. Because that that is so the stereotype then is true where like the Asian parents were like, you have to be yeah. super good in school, move yeah. into this profession. Yeah, um, it's, it's true. Like, because you know, like, oh, you have to buy a house, you have to pay the mortgage. Like, I know a lot of Singaporean, um, that at least I know of, they get married quite early as well, and it's usually, uh, you know, like that comes with a financial burden, right. Hmm. among other yeah. burdens let me tell you yeah so even most of the national team in uh athletes in korea their their jobs are all usually in fitness and they're most of them are not like non-fitness people chance you've done you've started kind of moving in that territory in asia you had a seminar um you've been flown out there what is what is your like temperature of the room in terms of What's going on in Asia right now? Is there like a lot more lifters? Do you think it's getting more like changing? It's becoming more, if not, if not yet, before it gets competitive at the top end level, it has to have an influx of talent. Otherwise with no talent pool, it's going to be difficult. Right. Uh, but so right now they're in the process of bringing it in and getting more lifters involved and having guys like you show up you know, doing seminars or whatnot, or whether it's virtual, what it's definitely going to help. Obviously when you Ashton went out, Russ is going out in a couple of weeks. Um, you know, whether it's whatever federation period, we all benefit with powerlifting as a sport period is more popular in that region. Then we can sort out who goes to what fed, but just get the sport popular period in the region. What was your impression? Yeah, I mean, so I just did a, a seminar that was kind of catered to Japan. Um, and I had a Japanese translator for that. Um, and we had a, a good, very good turnout. Um, I agree with what Esther was saying. I think a lot of times it is these juniors, sub juniors that you see, they're doing really well. And then at the open, like in Malta, or I guess in Sweden, where he, she was talking about Canon, um, you know, there's just 
not a big presence for whatever reason, right? But that that reason to me makes the most sense. Um, I also just see the priorities in terms of Asia isn't there for powerlifting, like overall, like as in life, they're much more worried about life and making money from something that's not related to fitness. So a lot of them are in school, a lot of them are doing whatever other you know, job that has nothing to do with fitness. And then they move on more of their prior priorities in their life to that. And of course, you know, they're, they're not making money from lifting. So why would they be doing that? Um, mm. And that just seems to be the natural like trend. Whereas in the US or maybe some of these other countries, they have more opportunities to make money from fitness or powerlifting at all. And that's how we do it, right? So like when we look at the top level lifters in the US, we see a lot of them doing some sort of coaching. We see them doing some sort of, you know, stuff at their gym. Maybe they're sponsored. Maybe they have these other avenues to make money. And then we can put up more of our time into that, right? Or maybe they do social media and they start a brand and then they have a successful gym and whatever it is, right? It, mm. it seems to be the case with a lot of these top level lifters in the US. Um, and that's why we can prioritize our life into this. I, I had that discussion on uh, a podcast with Ushi um, that needs to be put out, um, the 66 that's doing uh, Sheffield. Um, and he, he was saying the same thing, like, you know, they're, everybody in Japan has jobs that are completely unrelated yeah. and there's no way to make money from powerlifting or anything else. So, you know, that's it. They don't really get a choice. Mm. Yeah. Just to add on to that, like in Korea, there's no such thing as this Western concept of happy hour. Like happy hour usually starts at 5 p.m., right? Um, like, what, what do you mean happy are, hour? Like, what is happy? Because happy, happy hour is... Happy hour as in like drinking happy hour, right? Well, okay. Um, so hang on a second. Hang on a second. I don't think that's necessarily even real. Is that real? Or like I think that is... real. I think Esther's, um, it's like funny how Santa Claus isn't real. Hang on. Wait. So I think our like grandfathers or whatnot, like back in the day, they would go to the factory. Like uh, this is like, we're talking back in the day. You go to the factory in the fifties or whatever, sixties, seventies, come home. It's happy hour. You drink, you do your damn thing. But I don't know too many people because I'm in Canada, you guys in the U.S. that like drink right after work. Am I no, right? Now? Not like I'm saying like people get off work at like a decent time in the West. I oh, okay. I thought you were calling me an alcoholic. I no, thought you were calling no, me no, people. I'm not, I'm not calling you an alcoholic. <laughs> no, anything Koreans Koreans drink much more to you know relieve. Well, that's a challenge. Well, that's a challenge then. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll see you in Malta, and you bring that same energy, and we'll we'll sort this right, out. I'll bring some soju. Um, a... Yeah, and basically, people people get off work at like eight, nine. Some of my clients they they cancel classes because like they're they're getting off work at like ten or eleven p.m. Right? Oh my! And God. it's just like they can't they can't train possibly train. <laughs> your work hours are just your work hours are crazy yeah like i mean not me but for normal yeah. people who have normal jobs yeah so it's like it makes sense that like a lot of these like up and coming sub juniors and juniors they they thrive and then they just kind of like go back to reality 
which is like also six, point, six point one thing out for, for Singapore specifically. I had this discussion with uh, one of my lifters that's competing at Asians um, that's doing like super super well. We can talk about him in the men's, but um, he's like uh, has to sign up for like mandatory military uh, like whatever. Yeah, yeah. But the, so he's going to be stuck there for like two years or doing that for two years. I mean, that's a huge hit, like, when you're coming out yeah. of the juniors. So once he's done with juniors, right, like, it would be that. And, okay, now I'm restarting as an open. And you kind of feel like, what's the point? Yeah. Um. Yeah, I totally forgot. South Korea does mandatory military, right? Yes, sir. Yeah. Did you yeah, have to they... do ma mandatory military? No, no, no. Just for men. Um, See, I don't uh, like that. I think you should have to. <laughs> <laughs> like the Korean zombie, Ryan. But put Esther in there, put a gun in her hand and let's get some discipline on this kid. Okay. I think I think I'll be good at the military, but <laughs> <laughs> you look like you got the camo on right now. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um but yeah, no, uh, also what do you guys think? And I know we put a bit of a pause on skimming through this, but we said off the hop we we're gonna be loosey goosey and have a conversation. But what do you guys think the impact is? Sheffield deciding to do what they did in terms of really looking for representation regionally. And they're doing this more to like help grow the sport. And Chance touched on this for a second there, saying how um, Kyoto from the 66s, right, is the, is the gentleman who's him showing up from Japan and what that really means to a region to be invited to the biggest meet in powerlifting possibly history. You know, this could be the biggest in powerlifting history, the biggest prize in powerlifting history. Let's see about the reach. You know, let's see what happens. What do you guys think that means to have like someone from Asia? He specifically on the podcast we did was saying no one in Japan knows anything about Sheffield. No one knows about a lot of things. Like they're in the dark uh, very much so when it comes to IPF meets or other country stuff. Um, they don't really know. And I was like, hey, man, like you definitely need to make this a priority for people to understand the significance of it because you're, you're the, the, the 1% already, but then you are the one singular person from Japan that will represent Japan only. Like you have to make sure that people know about this and can support you. He's like, yeah, yeah, I definitely need to. That's wild. Is it, was he saying like, People in general, because I get that casuals, like, I mean, the general gen pop will say not even powerlifting, but gen oh, pop powerlifting. Whoa, powerlifting. man. Is that the vibe? Esther, is that what you get as well in South Korea where people aren't as in tune with what's going on? Um, I think it's more of the case with um, Japan and Taiwan. Um, it seems like there is a bit more language barrier in those two countries. Whereas in Korea, um, a lot of a lot of the powerlifters here, they they like seeking out information. They like really really enjoy like following uh, lifters from abroad. Like they all know who Chance is. They all know obviously like Taylor, Heather, all the big names. But they they have always have their favorite lifters from France or America. So. I think we're more in tune with that. And in terms of like growing the sport and making sure people know what's going on, um, like just recently when 
we had our last USAPL meet here, um, a huge YouTuber, like the largest um, YouTube uh, YouTube account in Korea. He has 3 million subscribers. Oh, wow. And yeah, he's the largest fitness YouTuber and he live streamed the entire event. And that oh. video alone got like, I think over like 2 million views. That's so, amazing. Yeah. So we're, we're trying to grow the sport beyond just powerlifters, trying to show um, more of the general population, like, hey, this exists, right? Like, this actually is a sport. It's not just something like a barbell movement that you do at the gym. So, yeah, we're, we're trying our best here. That's how it works. That's what happened, obviously, in U.S. We go back, Chance, Arian, you guys are around. It wasn't this big in the U.S., like, 2015 2000 like we didn't have russell or he's around and stuff like that now you go up to this point in time where you have like social media celebrities to an extent anyways as far as we're concerned right and it greatly impacts bringing in membership and then you go to like france the like penna is like extremely popular and when he has events they're very well received and they have huge like i got uh antoine was at junior worlds with penna and coco and um or sorry he was with coco and he's got like over two million tiktok followers uh a massive youtube presence and these are the guys that penna is coaching and working with um like some other youtubers scott and below millions of followers on their youtube and they work with penna and they're doing youtube content all in french like this is why another reason why in france is blowing up to your point, you get the right people to spread the word. But yeah. if there's a language barrier, it gets tough, right? You It has to be native. It can't be like someone finds someone from US and starts becoming a fan if there's a language barrier because it's like, ah, you know, so that's why it's difficult. It, it gets tougher. Yeah, it is difficult. But I mean, Canon, she's obviously doing an amazing job with Strong Girls Japan. Um, she's kind of that bridge between the West and the uh, Japanese athletes, especially for the females who really don't have access to like information or even to just know that it's okay to lift. So she's she's doing a really great job. And I'll actually be flying over there in February to do uh, another mock meet, uh, Strong Girl Strength Festival. Um, we're going to do a Japanese version of it. So, yeah, you guys are doing great. like, go ahead, Ray. I was going to, I was going to ask, um, kind of talking about this. Do we see like in Korea, like if you go to any gym, is there just like mm -hmm. people powerlifting at like any random commercial gym or is it just mm -hmm. like powerlifting specific places? It's a good question. Um, people do barbell movements, but, um, you wouldn't see power lifters in normal commercial gyms. And I, I know this is the same with Japan, but a lot of commercial gyms, they don't allow you to like drop the deadlift at all. Mm -hmm. So it needs to be completely centric, like like tempo eccentric all like the way. Every back. gym is like Planet Fitness. Yeah, yeah, basically. Basically. Except they don't give you donuts. <laughs> damn it's yeah. planet fitness without donuts is the only thing good about damn it. 
I, I feel like even even gyms here, like there's some a lot of gyms, not Planet Fitness, that are big on like you can't drop drop the deadlifts. Um, mm-hmm. But it's probably just like our culture is like we don't follow rules versus like yeah. Asia. <laughs> bad boys. Yeah, it's called the land of the free play, boy, for a reason. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, that makes sense. Um, And also, yeah, I think more and more powerlifting gyms are popping up in Korea. And because the sport is growing and there are a lot of uh, people in the fitness industry getting into powerlifting, they're the ones now opening the powerlifting gyms around. So, yeah, it's it's definitely been growing. Like my gym um, that Mako created here, he, he created it. Um, end of 2018 and that was the only and the first powerlifting gym and ever since then it's just been popping up yeah because we'll see uh like i think in 2013 um when i really first started competing like a lot um i I didn't see that many people at commercial gyms doing anything Mm -hmm. and then slowly we started getting more like powerlifting gyms opening up and then Mm -hmm. everybody going there and then eventually it gets to the point where every commercial gym you get to, there's powerlifters there. And right. that's kind yeah. of like the timeline of how fast things are coming up. That's awesome. Yeah, no, 100%. I, 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 I seen the same shift. Like there was a point in time where um, if you were a powerlifter at a gym, it was kind of weird. Like, okay, we got a powerlifter here. And then there's like <laughs> a cluster of powerlifters at a specific gym and it's like well this is kind of weird they're they're growing there's you know like there's more of them now and now where i'm at uh, as well like there's not a single gym where you're not going to find powerlifters there are wow. people doing power lifts so you, you will always maybe not there at the exact time you walk in but yeah they got a powerlifting crew and you start powerlifting they know exactly what you're doing everybody knows what you're doing like okay you're a powerlifter we got some of them around here too there's yeah it's not at all weird but there was a time were like uh they were like oh fuck that's crazy what, what are you doing man that's some crazy weight you're doing you you okay you're gonna be all right but um and, and you're you squatting was, 315 and you're squatting 315 that's right you feel amazing <laughs> i i'm ready to take my shirt off and start squatting i'm fucking i'm russell or that day you know what i'm saying i'm biting fucking my you know it's crazy and, and then someone like chance walks in i put my fucking shirt on i start getting calming down <laughs> i'm on the fucking treadmill i'm I just mosey out of that that whole scenario um you were saying esther yeah last time that women around in asia they don't like like it you, still culturally it was to make yourself smaller you were explaining like people were trying to like women would try to take up less space literally physically yeah. but Figuratively as well, you know, if yeah. someone, if someone wants to compliment you, you say, no, 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 I'm, you, you kind of, fl- yeah, yeah, no, 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 no. You don't take the compliment and like, um, so it's different to actually be like, I want to take up more space. I want to get bigger. I want to get big muscles, walk around, you know, yeah. feeling confident And you know, is that starting? That's not like, and that's, that's deep rooted. That's not going to change from like a year ago or whatever we had you on, I'm sure, but is the tide turning a little bit now that there's more and more of you guys and more things happening? I I definitely think um, it's it's changing for the better these days. Um, Like I have girls coming up to me, telling me they want to grow their arms. Like I've never had any girl come up to me saying like, oh, look at my biceps or like, look, it's growing, you know, they're, they're so excited by like just seeing the muscle grow. 
and that's so uncommon in Korea. Like they just they just want to look skinny. They just want abs. Maybe they want a nice butt, but they never want like visible like shoulder muscles or arm muscles. But they want it, and they they're they like clients will come up to me and they'll say just make me do anything that will get me stronger and bigger. So that's that's kind of the trend it's going towards right now, and I think. Yeah, it's it, the sport's growing. Who's who's the big lifters that are popular in um, South Korea besides um, besides Chance Mitchell? Um, a lot of a lot of the girls really really love Heather. I already. Oh yeah. Her. Yeah, um, just just because of her like fiery personality and how strong she is and. She's also a teacher, so I think a lot of the girls can relate to the fact that she has also a normal job uh, by day and also competes elite. And um, what other female? Well, listen. Um, mm. Speaking of earlier, I think we talked about her. I can't remember if we were yeah. recording yet. But Jad Jacob, half Asian, okay, mother yeah. v, v, mother Vietnamese, going to school to be a teacher. Wow. Bang, bang. Okay, there we are. There's the market. Yeah. Bring her in for a I, seminar. Exactly. And I think they they want to see more people like that up top because it gives them hope, right? 100%. Yeah. Like, look, she's yeah. from France, clearly, but like, still, when you turn on and like, you know, you see someone, you're like, okay, I could do this. There's something there. If there's something that you relate to, you, mm. you got to buy in somehow. Exactly. Like, because to them, it's like, oh, if you want to compete, like you need to be like a full on competitor, like you need to make money through the sport. But like, like we don't make money through the sport. Like we don't like we just get honor for competing and placing. We don't receive much money or any money. Um, and they I guess seeing people up top just doing it because they love it so much. Like it allows them to strive for that same dream as well. well so besides Heather Connor, is there more people? Because is there new people since? Um, they really like Tiffany as well. I think a lot of the girls, um, they Turbo they relate Tiff. to the smaller smaller yeah. athletes. Definitely. Did it divide people when they like had a showdown then? Oh no, like they don't, they don't get that into it. Like they don't really follow every single um, meets like you guys do. It'll they come. just follow them on, on Instagram. And even like they're just training videos. They just repost on Instagram all the time. Yeah. I mean, it's still, uh, I mean, that's where it starts, right? You start following people and then eventually you get emotionally invested on certain showdowns. And that's why we need to figure out a way to get our boy Kyoto more into this and mm. get more i mean that's that's a shame that um you found that out chance well, i'm glad we found it out yeah. and and maybe that's something that we got it because i know that was the whole point between spd sheffield to get these regions involved and hopefully help grow in certain regions like that so we gotta do something it's it's that it's the divide in language but it's also like generational where some some groups just kind of keep to themselves and are like, no, 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 we're just going to focus on Japan. 
or maybe it's the same way in Korea as well. There's like groups that like don't care, whereas everybody else, like the newer people are like, oh, I want to see what the Americans are doing. Oh, I want to see what these mm -hmm. people are doing. And they really try to take from us or other cultures. Um, but I think that is the, the big difference with Japan. It's still a lot of the old style of things. And so that was why like a lot of people don't really follow the other lifters. Whereas like, it's interesting that she said um, Heather was one for Korea. Is it because like they, it's mainly her personality is like, they're attracted to that. They see that, oh, this American's like pushing, like I'm, I'm up here and like that mentality that Heather has. But, yeah. yeah. But, but the, some, some Koreans probably don't like that. Like specifically probably don't like that. Right. right. <laughs> I'm sure because that's totally like culturally, totally yeah, different. Culture. Yeah. It's counterculture. They they get drawn to it because they themselves are not like that. Mm -hmm. Well, this is like um, I was saying previously, where like uh, why Muhammad Ali got super duper popular in the '60s because mm -hmm. in the '60s in the civil rights movement in U.S., um, he was saying things that like black people in the '60s. He's from the South, by the way, right? So this is like this was this is whatever. We got to go back in time to what this was. Um, this is where like you were eating in different restaurants and blah, blah, blah. And he would hop on television and this would never happen. He would mm. hop on television, a black man in six would be like, I am so pretty. I am so fast. I am the greatest. And he would be talking and boastful and that would never happen on, on yeah. like you were, it would never give you airtime on television, but too bad, so sad, because he's the heavyweight champion of the world at a time when um, the heavyweight champion of the world in boxing was like one of the most famous people in the world. So he was going to be on television, whether you liked it or not. Now they found a fucking way of taking his title, whatever. I'm going to turn this into a Muhammad Ali podcast. We don't be careful. But I'm just saying um, the reason why he was so crazy popular is that's what happens. You admire people that say things that you want to say, carry themselves the way you want to. You know, fuck, I, I admire that. Um, I had that conversation with Taylor Atwood where people, he was like, I think I could rub some people the wrong way. I'm like, I bet you some people like it though. I like it. Do you like it, Esther? Of course. Whoa, see, there's some people, even Americans who are like, he's, he's, it's too much. He's too cocky. No, but I think he's earned it. If he's 100 percent. Yeah. It's, 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 I don't, I don't think anybody thinks Taylor hasn't earned it. I, I think no one thinks that, right? But it is just like personality type. Like I remember people hated me for stuff like that. And I kind of changed a little bit. And, you know, now there's a different, obviously a wider demographic kind of is like, oh, okay. But it definitely pushes people the wrong way sometimes. It can, even, uh, even in the US, like people think all, like the thing is though, because it's polarizing, it, it, here's the biggest thing is, and I mean, this is like from pro wrestling, just make people care. Make people yeah. care. It's not what you said. They might not even remember what you said, but they'll remember how you made them feel. And if you can't ignite that and make me care either which way, I either love your story and I need to see you win or can't wait to see you lose. I fucking hope you lose. And sometimes it flips on you. Like Russ went through a bit of a period there because here's the thing. When you start winning too much and it's mm -hmm. always you, now people are like, I need someone new to come in and beat him. Like Izzy in UFC just recently lost. It's super likable guy, but people are like, yes, okay, finally, somebody beat him. We have another face in there because it just needs something fresh. And if you win too much, too often, and you've been on top too long, 
and you talk shit. Now people are like, okay, now you definitely have to lose. And it, it can be. I like it. I like it. But other people, you know, uh, it, it's funny. I I wasn't saying it's funny because you're an Asian. And you're like, no, I like it. <laughs> no, I like it because at the end of the day, it causes more discussion. 100%. Yeah. 100%. That gets the job done. I, I, guys, I think if Esther fucking becomes a world champion, she's going to be a little monster on this microphone. Be <laughs> <laughs> she'll, be, she'll, she'll be calling out names and like, and I'm, I'll be loving it. I'll be like, yes, sound bites. Let's go. Let's go. Let's blow this up. Um, that's interesting, Chance. So you felt like you had said that, like you adjusted. Did you adjust meet? Because now you're the world champion. Like before you weren't the champ. Now you are the champion. You could talk your shit. Yeah, it's also too is like now that I am number one, right? Like I don't want to. I want to hold my place. I want to come in, be like, "Yep, I want to do what I can do," and that's it. I don't wanna really want to be like, "Hey, fuck all these people!" Like I'm the best. That's just not how I want to be anymore. And for me, I think that's how my personality personality is at this point. Um, not like I'm forcing anything, but. It's just it just sucks too to lose when everybody wants to see you lose. Like, yeah, I mean that feeling of being the best where you're saying, Oh, I'm talking my shit and that blah blah blah. But like when you do that and everybody wants to see you lose and fail, and then you fail inevitably, because we all will fail, then it's worse. That's that's everybody will fail, no matter who you are. If you're Taylor Atwood, eventually you will fail. Eventually things will not go great for you. Like that's how it goes, no matter who you are. You're 100% right that it's, it's becomes more high stakes and some, you got to be able to come to terms with when you take your L and you're right. Yes. You will take your L. Some people are going to kick dirt in your eye. But yeah, that's what I fucking thought. Um, and that happens in all sports when you've been on top too damn long and you finally lose people will jump up and be like how you like that. But the thing is, it's, um, some people can ride with it. Some people can roll with it, whatever. And here's another thing, though, Chance. You also would, like, naturally just mature as an athlete, as a person, and whatever. Like, you're the same person you are in your early 20s. You're not going to be in your late 20s. You're not going to be in your early 30s. You're not going to be. So that's natural, too, right? And then by the time you get there, um, things change. You thought it'd be one way. And then when you finally get there, you realize, like, now you're flying all over the world and meeting people. And you're like, fuck, there are people, like, on the other side of the world that are following what I'm saying. So then I'll... Before everyone was following what you're saying, you're like, I'm going to talk my shit. Now when everyone's following you're saying, you're like, I kind of don't want them to, a kid to go the wrong way because he's looking up to me or, you know, you start thinking differently. Like, shit, I got to think about this. That happens too, yeah. man. Yeah. Things change. But um, I, I think if Esther, when she's going to talk her shit, huh? I <laughs> As her podiums at the Asian Championships, she's gonna she's gonna make a post. She has bronze at Asians. She's like, man, fuck you, I'm coming. Here we go. <laughs> but it is interesting. Yeah, I do want to um at some point figure out a way like this. This Canon, this Canon do like she does that Japanese. She does in Japanese, right? The podcast. Uh, yeah, she gets like Western um, English speaking guests on and she'll translate the entire podcast. So it's the podcast itself is in English, English, but it's for the Japanese audience. Something's got to happen to start trying to bring people in. 
Yeah. You know, it's difficult because there's so many different languages, obviously, in Asia. Um, so if certain nations don't speak a lot of English, mm-hmm. I mean, I went to France and it was crazy how many of these lifters spoke English, even though oh, I'm in yeah. a different country. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like I was at a uh, silent worker and like a lot of them spoke English, all the top ones anyways. Um, so it was, it wasn't crazy. It was like, they would see me and be like, Hey, I heard the podcast, whatever the heck. So they're in tuned. Right. But that's not like some nations, uh, to chances point, they're more isolated with, you know, how yeah. they do business, how they do schooling. It's not available as much. It's not a priority as much. So then it becomes like, it's a lot tougher to break through those barriers. And I do think South Korea is far more open to it. It seems anyways, I haven't been, but uh, just by watching what I'm seeing, then possibly Japan, right? So it'd be, it's, it's going to be tough, but they need more like podcasts and stuff. Yeah, for sure. And you guys should come too. Oh, Hey, I'm like, I would, if I had the vacation days, I would show up at every single championship and this is all I'd be in (laughs) South Korea. I'd be in Japan. Um, 100%. But, uh, Russ is going over to Japan straight after Korea. Is he? Yeah. What's he doing there? Um, do you know, do you guys know Deadlift Japan, Chance? Deadlift Japan? Deadlift JP. Yeah. Yes. Uh, he's actually competing in the USAPL meet, um, in two weeks in Korea. And uh, he's going to fly over to Japan with Ross, Joey, and Sean Mills. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. And they're just doing, like, just hanging out or whatever? I, I don't know if they it's for, like, anything business-related or powerlifting-related, but, I mean, they're in this side of the globe, so I think they're uh, just going to Japan. If I made the flight all the way to South Korea, I would stop off in Japan for sure. Yeah. I mean, I haven't yeah. been to either, but I got to at some point in my life. Yeah, you have to. 100%. <laughs> as soon as I start getting more vacation days, I'm coming. Mm. I'm coming. Right. I'll, I'll shoot you guys a line and be like, let's let's go. We'll rock and roll. Um, okay, let's take a look at this. I almost forgot we're doing a preview show, right? What a detour. We got through one way class. <laughs> we got through one way class. And we're an hour in. Remember, Esther was like, oh, holy fuck, we're an hour in. Remember? Oh, Esther was like, um, do, do you think we could do this in an hour? And I was like, <laughs> I, was like I don't know. Yeah, but, no. but we could talk. But um, all right, let's take a look at this. Like, but we are doing, like we said, high level skimming here. So, fifty twos. I think we did a pretty good job looking at this. Um, looking at the fifty sevens, sixty threes, and the rest of the women's. Are there some highlights that you guys know we should be paying attention to? I see some Kazakhstan lifters in here um, that I'm not entirely sure about whether it's legit. So. I think um, U57 is probably the most competitive weight class for the women's, probably U52 and U57. Just um, just looking at the average total, uh, it's U57 is higher than U63 and U69. Yeah. So yeah, um, yeah definitely the um, most competitive weight class. And I know for a fact that from third to the ninth, uh, third to the eighth place right now in the nominations 
they're all contending for the third place spot. And they're all kind of aiming for that 400 total. So it, it's really for, for the last spot in podium, it really, really depends on the meet day. Um, are you going to go with your Korean lifter or are you going to go with Cannon for third? <laughs> oh, wow. um, they're actually very because I talk to them both. Erin's um, uh, Erin's just trying to cause some shit. Be careful. Yeah, he's this is going to be this is going to be a video clip too. That's why he just cued you. Right? <laughs> and he's going to tag Cannon and he's going to tag your friend. I can say confidently that they're they're totals are going to be very, very, very close. And it really depends on who has the focus and um, the condition that they have the meet, I think. Um, especially given that Cannon's results, her results on nominations, that was from a couple months back. That was a while back. Whereas for the Korean lifter, her results are from less than two months ago. So, yeah. 57s, yeah. is that like the most stacked class in Asia, roughly? Is that like a, the hot division in terms of where it looks like it, obviously, right? Yeah, usually 52 and 57 are the most competitive. Um, yeah. So we will see. I don't, I don't actually know any of the um, Taiwanese lifters or the lifter from Kuwait. Um, the ones in Taiwan, they're usually like very seasoned lifters that compete both equipped and raw, and they don't do Instagram or like they're not really like known on Instagram. So um, Re Rebecca McCaffrey, McCaffrey is one of the uh, coaches at Desert Barbell. So Desert Barbell oh. uh, is in Dubai. They, they have a, a huge uh, turnout uh, doing it as well. Uh, and I think this is like her first international meet, but she's nominated seventh. Um, and I think that was with a, a very old total. Um, oh. So like she's gotten, she's gotten pretty strong since then, but uh, mm. yeah, she's a friend of mine. So I'm, I'm hoping she does really well. <clears throat> and looking at the, um, looking at these, obviously at the 76s, we have uh, Joyce Rebaton with a 515. Yeah. And she's going to be a heavy favorite to possibly win this. Let's crunch some numbers here. But I wanted to ask you guys about the 84. This popped out to me from Kazakhstan with a 590 kilo like nomination. And that's that's playable if that was real. You click on their name and saw question marks, and I have no idea. Did you guys, were you guys able to catch anything on her what is going on with this young lady do you guys uh, know <laughs> it is also question marks it's a black black image for the, the legitimately the <laughs> very interesting this young lady i have hidden no boss. idea the hidden boss and you know when She's you actually boss. go into open powerlifting and search up a lot of these kazakhstan athletes they don't put um they only put in what they totaled, like, so they, they'll only put in the numbers for their best squat, best bench, best deadlift, but they'll put it in as first attempt. So you don't know actually if that was their first or second or third attempt. Like you really cannot tell with a lot of these Kazakhstan lifters. 
Yeah. And um, well, like this lady's totally flying, you know, incognito. And it's going to be very difficult yeah. to say. <laughs> like, I have no idea if she's even going to show up. How do you feel about that, Aaron? <laughs> you, you have to do the uh, scouting report on half of these people, right? And I know that you have to uh, figure this out. Do you just go to like searching on Instagram? What do you do? What's your what's your stalking method here for for trying to figure these people out? <laughs> yeah, I mean, if it's uh, if it's a world championship, yeah, it starts on on good lift, and then you go and check out open powerlifting because I'll also keep like non IPF meets if they happen to have competed in a different fed before that. Then yeah, you mm -hmm. may go to Instagram if they're a masters lifter, maybe like Facebook or something like that. Nowadays, you might have to even start going over to TikTok for some of these young kids. Oh and that's true. <laughs> Um, That's but, true. but the other thing too is I wonder if maybe if the if the IPF has ever discussed this or if, if enough people will bring it up and or maybe complain about it is that maybe there should be a check on this like people should be able to check the nominations for especially for worlds and say listen this lifters results in the database show 400 kilos but they're nominating themselves at 500 kilos they should have to yeah. prove what meat did they hit the 500 kilos at? Have their national federation approve it, or is you go and change it? Because, like I said, some people are trying to get into higher flights and like maybe show a bigger total than they actually are, and then that's kicking someone else down into a lower flight who's more deserving. So maybe right. the IPF should do something and start checking into some of these. You know what my problem is? My problem is is like, do videos not exist for some of these people like of their lifts ever? Like, they're just like, nah, I don't feel like recording my meat. Like, it's yeah. okay. Like, nah, no one needs to see it. It's like, we know there's a video of you doing this. Put it on fucking YouTube. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Some people are extremely hard to scout. And the Asian championships is, is notoriously difficult. It's, it's yeah. got to be very difficult to, to know what you're walking into. Because some people, like the lady in the 76 there, or 84, sorry, complete mystery. I have absolutely no idea. And, and if it's legit, she could be into the 600s and holy smokes, she's straight yeah. up a contender. If it's not legit, well, what was the point in that? Everyone's going to find out you're not legit very quickly. Yeah, a 160 bench? Come on. <laughs> <laughs> so that's, that's why true. I was thinking it was equipped, but it's she's also a year of birth is 1985. So you would have think she would have done an Asian championship or a world championship or something by that, but right, right now with those numbers. Right, yeah. So crunching yeah. these numbers here, Joyce looks like she's ahead of um, the 52 uh, for Hannah. It's Is close. Joyce, it's close, though. No, hey, listen. If Joyce holds around 515 and Farhana adds up a little bit, she's got to cover a little bit of a ground, but it's not a lot. What do you guys think happens there if we're going to eyeball this up? Joyce is already in Dubai. She was in Dubai like five days ago. She just went to Equipped Worlds. She just competed at Equipped Worlds for the first time. Like, Joyce has been all over the place. And, you know, hopefully she's like, yeah, I just need to get some good raw training. And, like, after, right after Worlds, she's just, like, staying in Dubai until the meet. Um, so she'll be ready. She'll be adapted. She'll be prepared, right? But um, I have no idea how much she's going to add onto this. This is from Worlds this last year. Yeah, I mean, this, she this did – um... She did the 102.6 GL points at Worlds where she had the she missed the two squats or some kind of technical thing with her grip or whatever like that. Um, but then after World Games, she does a raw meet and she does 513.5. So her total went down a little bit. Now she just did Equip Worlds. So does her total kind of stay there or is she able to like recover enough and bounce back? Because at the last meet, she hit 101.46, but uh, Farhana has done 102.74 at that same meet. They both did the C cup. So 
could fall behind and, and uh, Farhana could win it. Yeah, yeah. we'll see. Yeah, yeah th that's it's good yeah. to have a bit of a battle as well. And Farhana is, and I and Joyce, both of them go to the World Championships, which is good uh, for representation of Asia. And and they, I mean, obviously Farhana's breaking world records there. Um, so everybody, it, it's good to help grow the nation as well in terms of that. Um, is there anybody in the, for the women's juniors and masters that we think we might want to give no to as well? So I'm skimming through. Uh, same. And I I mean, I'm not overly familiar just by peeking at the names. On the men's, I have a couple. Yeah, not for the women's particularly. Again, more more and more Singapore. Um, bunch of Singapore here. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? And obviously Kazakhstan. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right, let's move over to the men's then. Right. And uh, as we as we skim through this, that fifty nine kilo Faraz Ahmed from <laughs> Jordan with a six ten. And of now, course, his database is empty. <laughs> completely empty. A six ten for a fifty nine kilo. That's a phenomenal total for a fifty nine kilo lifter. The problem is. Uh, from Jordan, I got no no you know connections to anybody in Jordan. I have no way of of double checking in this. Um, Goodlift is completely empty again. It's it's a bunch but of he's on a, yeah he is on a, on Open IPF. There he yeah. is. Oh, yeah. Open IPF is this raw? So this he yeah this look looks at, fake. <laughs> this looks we have five forty two point five raw. That's that's a that's far a cry dump. from six ten, my friends. <laughs> Caught yeah. live in 4K. <laughs> yeah, that's just not going to happen. I mean, he's uh, he might not even podium. Looking at these other gentlemen now, how about the gentleman from Sri Lanka? Uh, Five seventy again. That's actually a decent total, if it's legit. But again, he also has question marks on his good lift. Um, you know, it's it's the whole roster just made up. The whole roster <laughs> made up. Yeah, I know it's. This is how it is with Asia Championships. Every but, time. But, but the thing is, like now that the uh, IPF has been pushing more of the regions to do their nominations and their results and everything on Goodliff, so it all mm -hmm. goes in there, and they can maybe in the in the future also keep track of the records because European records are on Goodliff, but not the other regions. But the thing is, now all these little question marks now all these results are going to go in the database, and now we're going to have that going forward. So four hundred plus lifters, we're going to have new data on. Interesting. I actually yeah. looked his, his name up, his first name, and found him on Open IPF. Um, and he does have a 555 total. Um, that was in 2019 in Australia. So that was at the Asian Pacific mm -hmm. meet. Um, but his seems legit. So um, I'm going to put him as probably capable of that 575 something plus because that was even a couple of years ago. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. It's he's born in '86. I mean, yeah, he can still be making progress. It That's is crazy that he's he's some of these guys are that old, and you're staying uh, 59 kilos, huh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, that's they're they're yeah exactly small framed men. Mm -hmm. I can get to 59 
one like this. Like, <laughs> <laughs> now, in terms of some of the names that I do know about and we should be paying attention to, looking in the 74s, Clinton Lee of Singapore and Yakov, I recognize from Kazakhstan as well. Now, Yakov is coming in with a nominated 7, 12 and a half. I be, uh, he's previously hit a 727.5, and he's also previously won the Asian Championships. He's been the IPF Worlds. He's medaled at Worlds. He's an international lifter um, and credible international lifter at that, and he's been in battles and won. Clinton Lee and him are within, at their very best, within two and a half kilo. This is actually going to be a decent scrap. They're both pretty good competitors. You know that these are decent totals in the 74 kilo class what are you guys thinking about this 74 kilo clash at the asian championships so um clinton and yakov they've been going head to head since like 20 2018 mongolia so they were like uh, battling it out every asia championships and it's always clinton reigning and i know yakov is trying to like take that spot obviously and but with Clinton, like I, I obviously believe in him. He's on my team. <laughs> but he <laughs> just became uh, the president of uh, IPF Singapore. Oh, wow. So he's got like a lot on his hands. Like he has that um, position now. He's going to be in a lot of technical meetings. He has mm. a lot of athletes. He's going to be, you know, coaching Team Singapore all the while, you know, competing. So he's going to have a lot on his plate, and I don't know how that will affect him. He he did fine in the C Cup, but, yeah, it's it's different. This time. I think JJ is doing the head coaching for Singapore, though, so he should be okay there. Yeah? Yeah. Aaron, I mean, is he, who coaches Clinton Lee? Is, it, is he a strength guy? He coaches – he gets coached by um, Adam, RTS. Okay. 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 Yeah. Sounds good. Yeah. I mean, he's, I obviously, I remember both of these fellas, you know, have been around and the veterans of the game. I didn't know Clinton Lee had stepped up as the president. That's good, man. It's good to get a young yeah. guy in there um, yeah. and get some growth. Sometimes things get stagnant. We have some of the old guard and they don't see things, you know, right. they don't know how to grow this. So it's good that he's in there, but you're right. As an athlete, it's stressful because there's a lot of stuff to do. Yeah, it's good for the sport, but not necessarily good for him as an athlete. Correct. Is there other people here? Now, the 83 from let's, Kazakhstan, Nikolai. Let, let's go back to 66s first. Okay, let's There's do a lot in 66s. Dive uh, in, young man. Yeah, so, I mean, there's, if you just look at the totals, obviously, I mean, all the way down to top five is, is near, is getting near, like, closer to 10 times body weight. So, um, oh, wow. 650 is podium is, is third uh projected um and that's assuming uh, a lot because uh as i know uh tatsuya kawashima from japan he just competed a couple of weeks ago uh he did really really well um but he did his uh this isn't the nominated total but he did some of these numbers uh very close uh, to this at 60 or 69 kilos ish oh. um but he's dropping to 66 and he's done like 170 for five on bench before, um, benching like close to 200. And this is at 66. Holy um, smokes. Yeah, he's got a monster bench on him. Yeah. And uh, he's he's been looking great. Like 
trading's been looking great. Uh, I expect him to do really, really well. Uh, and I for Iran, um, I think uh, this guy actually did uh, Worlds uh, in the men's and placed six, just barely out of the top five. Um, it is a very, very stacked 66 at, at IPF Worlds this year. Um, but he's looking to do probably closer to like 670-ish. If he can do that, that's that's huge. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it looks um, like uh, it looks like all all those guys did world because uh, Ahmad Reza got sixth place in the six sixes. Um, Kasim San got seventh place in the six sixes, and then Tatsuya got twelfth place in the seventy four. So they were all there. They all did this, the recent meet, and just Tatsuya is going down to the six sixes. Yeah. Yeah. From what I understand, like he he shouldn't have any issues making weight from. You know everybody that's telling me uh but yeah he's been looking great so I'm, I'm curious to see how he does he's got a 195 for a bench 195 kilo that is absolutely monstrous if he could bring that into the 66 kilo class bro japan their bench like that's that's all they do over there like that's their whole yeah thing. that's that's why they all did my seminar because they want to learn how to deadlift they already know the bench yeah yeah <laughs> this is but true how, how will that affect how how will the new bench rule affect them though? They're good for this people... meet. They're good for this meet. That's <laughs> right. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, we'll worry about it next year. That's right. <laughs> worry about today. Tomorrow never comes. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we'll see how that works out. But yeah, it's it'll be interesting to see how it shakes up, particularly obviously with Team Japan. Um, but I don't know. It I, I wonder like within Japan how close they'll be doing exercising certain rules of flexibility like that on the local level, national level. From what I heard, they're making it a little bit more aggressive. Like they're going to, I think it's like your, your arm has to be down to parallel with the floor or something like that, or the bench. So it, it's going to be like a little harder on them. Oh, wow. So they're um, going the tight route. Yeah. That's, that's kind of how they are. It seems like. Like even over there, like you can't even in some uh, areas in some prefectures, you have to like hold the bar down slowly to the floor, and you can't like drop it like at all, and you get reds for that. So holy smokes! But also too, it's funny because I mean Tatsi is at sixty six here, um, but they also have uh, Ushi at sixty six. They have like a ton of sixty sixes, fifty nine, seventy four. So I'm not surprised they're sending you know someone up there, right? Yeah, it's a pretty it, and it's close and competitive too. So, do we have picks possibly for this? Are you daring enough to throw picks out there, Chance? I so I don't want to. I would probably say as nominated right here, like from what I see. Um, assuming like he does these numbers at sixty six uh, for Tatsuya, um, you know, I, I see it just the same. But I, I don't know too much about the guy from Thailand. Because that's the bit when you cut weight, it's the bench that gets hit sometimes, right? But again, he's from Japan and they got a good technical setup, so that might mitigate any losses. But yeah, when you cut weight, that bench, man, sometimes the dead holds, but the bench betrays you. Yeah, we'll see. We will see. Okay, let's uh, let's take a look. I was going to say about the AT3. This gentleman, Nikolai from Kazakhstan, um, I can't find his 785. Doesn't mean it didn't happen because he's done in the late 700s. And again, Kazakhstan is one of these nations that I have heard 
have had competitions, don't necessarily hand in the results, whether it's uh, you know, fully sanctioned mock meet style, like this was at a gym comp threw together a competition and it was more lighter, whatever. I'm not saying he's not necessarily capable of it because his previous performances, he might have actually hit these numbers. It's not crazy. Um, he, I mean, he's, he's got a bit of a uh, checkered past. He had been suspended previously, failing a drug test, but I think it was when he was young. I think he was like 20 year old, 20 years old. And now no, he's no big deal. No big deal. I mean, all I'm saying is, <laughs> not I mean, it going. All, all I'm saying is, I don't want to hold against what he did at 20. If he's, you know, it's whatever it is, what it is. Hopefully if he's turned that corner, but it, I mean, he has a, a good lead, but even then, like in 2019 in Kazakhstan, he did 767.5. And then in 2021 worlds, two years later, he did 747.5. So his total actually went down um, during COVID and stuff like that. So who knows what the issue was, if his total is back up or maybe, yeah, he's hoping for the, 785 or maybe he's closer to 750 but he has might have a good enough lead where it doesn't matter yeah most of these other gentlemen i'm not overly familiar with it looks like even if that's even if he's closer to the mid 700s he's still he's legitimately probably the, the head of the pack i think christoph though he might have a chance at mid seven 700s is that right yeah, his last meet, this is from his last meet and um, at Sea Cup, actually, in September. And he missed all of his thirds. So if he can do his third attempt, then he would be well over 750. Yeah, as long as, is that, was he missing him on strength? Oh, I didn't actually look at the videos. That's um, okay. Yeah, I mean, it's, but it's a couple months back. So. Yeah. And how about the 93s here? With, um, because Mehdi from Iran, Chance, do you know much about the. I, oh, yeah. I know. I know Mehdi. Mehdi well. He's uh, probably was the one of the most Jack 93s at uh, Open Worlds. Uh, do you remember seeing him, uh, Arian? Yeah, I talk, I talk to him on Instagram uh, regularly, and I I saw him at Worlds and everything like that. Yeah, yeah, he's a pretty cool guy. Um, yeah, that eight thirty, I think that eight thirty was with a few missed lifts as well from Worlds. Um, so, oh no, I think that was actually his like nationals or something because he only did eight oh two at Worlds. Yeah. So what is he? Do you what do you think? Is he probably a fairly solid? <laughs> Like we'll, I would probably we'll, give I would probably give him like eight fifteen eight eight twenty somewhere in between this uh, nominated number and his IPF Worlds number. Okay, that's fair enough. And again, eight twenty in two thousand eighteen won World Championships. Ellis McLean did it, mm. <clears throat> but I mean here we are. But yeah, that's, now, it's, now we got the sub junior competing right there. <laughs> right? Yeah, exactly. He's <clears throat> he's right there with them. And looking at the, um, so he, I, do, I do really, really quickly want to uh, point yeah. out one of my guys that's competing in the 83s, um, Musa, who I'm coaching from Lebanon. Um, these are really old numbers, and he's looking to do a lot more than that. So he's nominated 18th, but um, I think he should be closer to like top 10, um, trying to pull closer to like 320 something at 83. So that would be huge. Uh, but yeah, I just want to make sure I pointed him out. I was going to say, yeah, also absolutely. hiding at number eight is uh, world champion Ulan Anwar. 
So he has a much higher toll than that. Oh, damn. I did not even see Oolong. World champion, Arian? Huh? World champion? World champion after he had failed a drug test. <laughs> well, wait a second. Oh, didn't he legitimately beat Brett and not fail that time, though? He legitimately beat him, but what Chance is saying, he failed back in 2014. Yeah. Yeah, he did. And he uh, he upset Brett Gibbs 2017. I still remember. Um, actually lifted that year. And uh, and commentated, but yeah. Um, also, that shit was wild. I remember watching the live stream and like the attempt selection. I was like, "What are you doing, like Brett? You you went from six fifty to seven hundred, and like if you would have just taken like six seventy something in between instead of a huge jump, you would have won." And then he lock fucking it. loses to lock the in the win, lock in the win. I know that was that was the tough is uh, losing to a guy who who obviously is very. <laughs> the background i don't want know if i want to get into like what the backstage what i saw and everything man this is it was one of the wildest i was like holy smokes this is crazy um but then brett comes back 2018 locks up the title and becomes the first 83 to do 10 times body weight and obviously uh he was battling russell or have you guys heard of that guy <laughs> he's uh so russell or and it was whatever he comes back so brett it's good but it was at the time it was like oh my god how did brett lose this i know but it happens it, it looks like ulan did 795 when he won in belarus but then he did 775 2019 sweden and then 750 2021 sweden so it seems like he's on the way down if he can get back up to like 800 he could put pressure on Mehdi to uh, win, but if he's at 750, he's going to be fighting for, you know, maybe bronze. I mean, I wonder what's going on there. Is he not? He's still in his 20s, no? Born in 93, my math would say. Yep. He's 28 29. now, and, and he did go up for 2021, sweetie. He went up to 93, so he also gained weight, but for whatever reason, his bench is down like 20 kilos, and his delf is down like 25 kilos. I don't, I don't want to. I don't know if I should say this. I is he possibly clean now? Or... <laughs> I don't. I don't know. I don't. The last suspect. That's that's a little suspect, but I don't know. Yeah, and then uh, you know, further down in the nominations, I have another guy that I'm coaching from uh, the UAE. So another desert barbell guy um, that's looking to do a lot closer to like <clears throat> fifth or sixth nominations, I would assume, uh, based off training. So looking pretty good there. Again, um, a lot of UAE guys from uh, Desert Barbell. There was a lot of UAE guys at this competition. Mm -hmm. Are they? They better. Yeah. This is their their year. Yeah, it's a local meet for them. <laughs> well, yeah, this is true too. I wonder if they're going to start. What kind of a team they're going to have for the worlds? You know, with I it. I don't know. I don't know who all they send. I think they sent a, a a few people for worlds this last year, but. I don't know if they typically have a like a packed roster. Yeah, maybe these kind of competitions will help them, you know, grow though. Mm -hmm. And uh, any other highlights that we see here? I also, you know what? Let me let me talk about this before um, I forget as well. Let me pull down to the juniors where um, in the seventy fours we we're talking about the seventy fours in the open, but the seventy fours in the junior also has a pretty good lifter here with. Aaron Joy Fernandez, or is that Joy Aaron Fernandez of India? Um, looking at his, so he's coming in with a nominated 682.5. 
But his squat, 237.5, I mean, I seen him squat in the 250s, um, and it looked good to me. His 302.5 deadlift, I seen him pull, I think it was 311, 310 or whatever, which is unofficially, I mean, that's the world record. The world record just got broken um, by Joe, by Johansson in, uh, from Sweden at the European championship that just took place, I think literally just today. So the world record slightly did get bumped up, but I know Fernandez of India has hopes and aspirations of taking that world record back to India. Uh, but he's whether or not he could pull it off. I mean, that's like, obviously at the end, that's going to be the very last lift of the whole competition for him. But he's he's quality and it's within he's within striking distance, that's for sure. So so I'll point a couple of things out here. Um I'm really good friends with his coach. He goes to the same gym that I go to. Um Aaron's looking great. Um he actually did bomb out of junior worlds though. Um so he's looking to redeem himself from that. But um yeah, like some of the n- numbers that he's hit in training has been pretty good. I think he did a 310 deadlift that was pretty, pretty clean. Um his squats are high. His 250 squat was high. Oh, was it high? Yeah, a, a lot of his squats are high. Uh-oh. Um, so, um, Aaron, you're going to listen to this. We got to see you squat to death. Clean, deep, get three, squ- three squats, three benches, and then make your deadlifts. And I, I say this because I think he's number one in India. So, India's like, that's mm-hmm. that, he's their boy. He's their boy. So, they're looking for it. big numbers from him. You've got to execute. You got to squat to depth. You got to make lifts. I'm That's pulling it. this up right now. I didn't. <laughs> I remember thinking, "Oh, this looks good. This looks good." I got to see this, man. A lot of yeah. his squats are high in, in training, but um, his deadlift, his deadlift was really clean. So, like, that is his big lift, um, and he's definitely like really want to do that world world record. Uh, but something in the comments of that uh, that deadlift uh, that you shared yeah. was very interesting to me, and I wanted to hear what you guys thought. <clears throat> okay. When sometimes, like, I, I see one of the comments was like, oh, this isn't a, a, an unofficial world record. This is just a gym lift. Now, do you guys think of all lifts, if they are over the world record, do you just say, oh, it's the unofficial world record? Or do you say, hey, this is a gym lift? Because to me, I agreed with the other guy that was responding in the comments. Like, just because this is over the world record and it's a gym lift doesn't mean it's the unofficial world record, right? Or it's an unofficial world record where an unofficial world record would be in a competition. Yeah. 100% agree that it's not an unofficial world record. It's not, it's just training. Yep. To me. That's how I feel. It's an unofficial world record if um, it's actual competition, but it's not official because it's not international. It doesn't have whatever, you know? Yeah. Um, So that's when it's an unofficial world record. For a lot of people, they get tripped up. They're part of federations where you can hit world records almost anywhere. Well, like you can hit a world record, a local meet. You could have some people don't understand. Like you need some standards yeah. to your world records. Otherwise it doesn't mean anything. Like like anyone could be hitting world records anywhere. Mm-hmm. Like you can say this, this number is over the world record, but you, you can't call it an unofficial world record. Right. Yeah. And it was a response, response to Aaron's deadlift. Cause he put unofficial world record and someone in the comments was like, no, it's not. It's definitely yeah. not bad. <laughs> that was Arian in his dummy account. He's all over the place. He's all over the place. Um, but if we, if we don't, though, if we don't start holding our ground in terms of that, remember, 
I don't know if it's last year or the year before. The gentleman, Daniel, ah, fuck, I'm going to fuck up his last name. He's from Iran. Do you remember him, Arian? The, the bench guy who kept benching in ridiculous ways and people thought it was fake weights. 100% that oh, guy. Oh, yeah. And that's when you start doing, when you start giving too much credibility to a gym lift, he straight up did a gym lift over 800 pounds for this bench press raw and took off. Not only was he, was he not saying unofficial world record, which we're already not comfortable with. He was straight up saying world record. This uh, is a world record. And I, at one point, I remember talking him in the DMS and um, cause I was reposting cause I was super excited. Like we all were. And I was talking to him at DMs like, you're, you're going to compete, right? Like, you're going to make this official. And he's like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm like, okay, good, good. And I remember we were going back and forth and it was like, you're, you're not, please tell me you're not just going to use this as a campaign to build off of a bunch of hype and then just not compete actually and be like, well, you know what? So many people heard my name, world record, et cetera. And it's attached to me. And maybe I don't have to compete because then it like risks not doing it. And then you got poor Julius Maddox, whom is like legit smashing weights in the gym, but he puts himself on the line and chases the 800 pound bench. He's got up to like, I think 790 something or whatever. Like he's getting so close. Tell me he couldn't do it in the gym, touch and go nice lift off, whatever the hell. Like, of course, but he's like, no, I'm going to have to do it on the platform, make it legit. That's where like, just to your point, uh, chance where if we don't tighten up, sometimes it's nothing against one person here and there. And I get it. They're trying to get attention to the video, mm-hmm. but if we don't tighten up what we call unofficial world record, et cetera, we start throwing that around a little too loosey goosey. Where does it stop? Right. So it's gotta yeah. be like, that's ah, just a straight up training lift. It discredits people that really did it. it for sure. Yeah. You're not there yet. We're going to find out in, in, you know, a matter of days, whether or not he can do it. Mm-hmm. And Aaron, maybe you're, you're going to do well. You're going to do well, Aaron. Make less. Look, the, the dead looks legit as shit. I just looked at the squat. You know what? It's not a great angle. <laughs> but he, he could, he could, you know. Chance, work with me. Chance, but he could purposely. All said, that's all I said. Chance was like, that was it. He's out. He could purposely sandbag the squat, though, and make sure he's going deep enough, sandbag the bench, since that's what he bombed out on, and then just go for the Delph record. The record is 308.5 now. So he has to do 309, and he did, what, 302.5 at Worlds? Yeah, the thing is, though, I think, uh, like, with Europeans and Commonwealths as well, there's a lot of these juniors that are like trying to get the record. So it may end up changing by the time that goes. It literally got broken today. That's the problem. Oh, really? But, yeah. Um, to the point of the bench I, I, that he bombed out on bench, the bench was touch and go in the, in the gym. That also was touch and go It was 145, which would be, I mean, he's credited with 142.5 on the platform, but it was touch and go. There might've been a little down up. It was a struggle touch and go 145. This is where it's true. You're right. And this is said only to like, if he tightens up on those hit depth and be ready. Cause the, the pause is going to be there and just choose your attempts very wisely. If you're not choose, if you're not training with a pause and you walk in there thinking I'm at 145, but your bench is quite a bit significantly lower than you think that's how you, you can bomb or whatever, right? 
So you're 100% right. Hopefully he listens to this podcast, takes it forward. We want to see him succeed. And um, yeah, 100%. If he is the poster boy for India and they, and he's got a, and he does have a bright future. Break if, a I, world if, record? if I was number one in India and I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm the fucking man. Like I'm going to go out there, make every lift look super easy and like just crush it. And you know, it's like, you're the number one guy. So it doesn't matter what weight you're doing. As long as you like make it look easy. It's yeah. like, yeah, I'm the, I'm, I'm number one top shit. And you just execute, you look great. You come out there when your SPD single it on, look good, and then you know, every, everybody loves you. <laughs> and and um and you and and let me take a look at here before I say this. Yeah, he looks like he's got, ah, you know, he's got a bit of a spread, but I mean, there's 30 kilos between him and the next lifter. I do think he's capable of shooting his total up. Like even if the 250 he hit in the gym wasn't straight to depth, it's still he's strong and his depth yeah. is or sorry a squat is moving but i think you're right with the game plan look at if you take lifts you know you can hit you're gonna finish in style with a world record that's all that matters you're gonna win you're gonna get a gold medal for your country and you're gonna leave with a freaking world record at least a world record attempt it'll be in your hands and you get it loaded just you, you don't have to go heavy with this squat and bench get those freaking lifts in maybe not sandbag it but right go conservative yeah, but what, when someone asks you once you finish like the meet, they're like, "Oh, how'd you do?" And you're like, "Yeah, I went nine for nine and I hit a world record deadlift." Like, and, that and one goal alone, they're like, "Oh shit, okay." Like, and yeah. one goal, you don't even have to say like, "I hit you know this specific number and all it didn't go as, as well as I thought it would." And right? Like, no, 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 you you fucking went nine for nine. That's it. The, I think that's an excellent game plan. <laughs> go nine for nine, get a gold medal, and finish with the world record at the very least, a world record attempt. Fuck, man. Mm-hmm. You don't get much better than that. And if you get the world record, gold medal, nine for nine, everyone's just going to think it's all heavy anyways. Anybody's going to talk to. Yeah. That's what India needs. Mm-hmm. What do you think, Esther? No, I completely agree. Like, don't don't risk it for a PR. I wanted you to come in here and be like, you guys talking like a bunch of bitches right now. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> I want Esther to pull, go full on camo. You rock it and come in there, guns blazing. <laughs> I, I agree with that statement especially like if you have like the whole country like looking to see how you do right yeah. and that's where the pressure becomes a double-edged sword where that's why he might load up but mm-hmm. you go against your intuitions yeah and and do the opposite and go nine for nine clinch the gold medal win and that mm-hmm. last lift can be your yolo lift that's your yolo lift is the world record to Chance's point, fuck me, you win. Who gives a shit? Just win, and you're if you lock up a goal, a world record at the end. Oh, come on, what? Well, don't get yeah. greedy. Don't get greedy. And do. Some, sorry, go I was ahead. gonna say so many people don't understand, um, like how even powerlifting works or how like the placing works. I've literally seen lifters like go to worlds, whatever, and let's say they bomb out on a lift, but they then win an individual medal, like say on deadlift, they win like a gold medal or silver medal. And I'll go to Instagram post like, you know, I want a silver medal at Worlds. And people don't put, uh, don't, don't understand what's yep. going on. They just think, oh, you, you got you got second place. And like, oh, congrats, you're the best, you're the best. So like, people don't even think about that stuff. So even if he even if he went like RP8 on squat and bench and broke the world record delf, got a gold medal in delf and got gold overall, no one's going to be like, oh, man, like, why didn't you go more in squat? They're going to be like, oh, my God, you're the best delifter in the world. That's crazy. Yeah, no, 
his his people at his school are like, I, I looked you up in open powerlifting, bro. I see where you're at. They're not going to be like, nobody's going to do that. But um, yeah, is there is there other juniors that we should be looking at here or anybody that we see coming up the, let me take a quick look here. So we have um, my guy, uh, Nigel from Singapore, um, who actually <laughs> we're like, he's been on a fucking tear the last like six to eight weeks. Like he, so he competed C cup, um, hit a 247 uh, squat. And he just hit that for like a set of four with like two reps left in the tank. Holy smokes. And that was like two months ago. So like, Literally doing your meat max on squat two months ago and now hitting it for a set of four with more in the tank. Um, his all of his lists, his deadlift's gone up crazy. Um, I'm looking <laughs> for Anna. Uh, you listening to this? Like, we're trying to try to beat you on points, and um, like his he's just been crushing it. So, um, yeah, I'm really hoping he does really well and try to beat the uh, the other Singapore Christoph uh, in the open. Uh, but as a junior, so yeah, he's looking great. Um, yeah, because he's very close in terms of the nominations. Is I'm assuming he. I mean, if those, if the numbers are moving like that, he'd obviously be a nice pick for the gold medal. Then yeah. So it, Nigel in the juniors, he did um, two fifty five, very 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 easy to depth on squat uh, last week. He pulled two eighty seven and a half. Um, so that was very easy as well in training uh, and then benched 170, uh, 172 uh, earlier this week as well. So he's crushing it. Another nice. big bencher. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah, man. Singapore, and it, it kind of sucks because I think he has to uh, go into the military very soon after this. So it's like, great. We had all this momentum, everything crushing. <laughs> Like we got to we got to get you some exemption form here. We got to say you're you're disabled for a little bit, and then it, is Singapore <laughs> Singapore also has that as well. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. Is yeah. it two? Is it two years? Mm-hmm. I don't know why. Right? Doesn't America just fight their wars for them anyways? Oh wow! Here we are. Oh wow! Here we go. Uh. But yeah, but, that that'll be unfortunate if he has to get in the military. <laughs> I mean, two years, man. Yeah, two years. It's literally like I'll see you in two years, unless they have access to weights or anything like that when are in there. But I don't know. Yeah, yeah it's like don't they want them to be strong? Let them let them power lift. One. Yeah, yeah. I, or, I also like this um, lifter nominated at uh, eighth in the eighty threes. <laughs> I knew you were gonna say it. Matrix Neo. What, <laughs> what? a name. Oh. I hope he wins. Okay, well, obviously (laughs) he's my like. like, First off, he's my pick for best lifter. Are you guys crazy, (laughs) Raven? Neo from the Matrix is literally signed up for the Asian Championships, and how did that almost fly under their under our radar? I know he he trains to elevate. I think too with with. Oh yeah, yeah. He can literally elevate. That's such a cool name, though. Like. You know, he was born. When was he born? Exactly when that movie came out. Yeah. 2003? <laughs> when did that movie come out? It's so, got to have been like... 99 was the first Matrix, I believe. Yeah. <laughs> Damn. Yeah, 99. So were his parents like full well aware? How big was the Matrix and 
Singapore, like they must like, holy shit, yeah. that people are naming their kids like that. Let me say real quick, this is slightly off topic, but it this is kind of like far for the course for this podcast so far. Um, what I remember talking to a girl who was dating a guy and his name was Michael Jackson. I fucking shit you not. And he was my age, right? And I remember I was like, who has last name Jackson and calls her kid Michael? Who does that to their son? And then she goes, no, I talked to their parents. And um, they said, no, no, he, uh, he was Michael Jackson wasn't famous at the time. He got famous afterwards. And I'm like, Michael Jackson was famous when he was five. Yeah. <laughs> pa his parents are assholes. <laughs> and 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 where the hell have you been that you don't know Michael Jackson was famous at five with the Jackson five and like what are you talking about? But he was famous later. No, no. Do you know, do you know how many like corny jokes I get from Chance? Like imagine like someone's name like Neo Matrix or <laughs> Michael Jackson. Yeah, fuck. <laughs> yeah. You can't fuck. get away from it. You can't get away from it. The worst. Um, I was working at, at work. There was a girl who was in the same cubicle as me and a guy called in and his name was Jim Carrey. And I fucking, she finished the call and goes, oh, it makes me cringe right now. I can't even say it. I'm sick to my Is stomach. Is it a quote from like Ace Ventura? She goes, she goes, she goes, all righty then. And I go, <laughs> what the fuck was that? And she goes, his name was, and she like, oh shit. And anyways, he hung up and uh, I go, why did you say that? And she goes, oh, his name was Jim Carrey. And I'm like, what are you, an asshole? Do you know how many times? I was like, how old did he sound? He's like, he was probably like, I don't know. Like he's a grown ass man. I'm like, do you know how many times he's probably heard that in his life? Did you think he was going to laugh? Or like, like, I hate that when you throw it on the other person. Now you have to laugh or fake laugh. I'm like, did he fake laugh? And she goes, no, nah, he literally just hung up on me. I'm like, you got what you deserve. You deserved worse. And I hope you get, I hope you get written up and I hope you get a fuck it. No, I'm gonna leave it there. But that was bad, man. I was like, never do that. Don't take the bait. Anyways. Yeah. Poor yeah, son you never know how many times someone like that gets like some weird dumb joke every time. Do you get chance a lot? I probably have done play on you. Done, you've done it a couple times. I probably, I don't know, cheesy. <laughs> The thing is, I try to do it. Here's what I, here's, this is how I picture myself as an intellectual, okay? Like a poet, like an artiste, okay? So I try to do it not in a joke, but I think I try to do it as like poetic, like um, Mitchell will try to test Keiko's chances or fuck, I don't know, whatever the fuck, okay? Let me, give me a minute. I can't do it. I'm done. I head. I'm under pressure right now, okay? <laughs> Esther couldn't even. See that one. She couldn't fake it for me. Okay. She, okay. That yeah, I was all right. I was okay. okay. Right. The problem is, is like sometimes they just make it like, um, like, like you're so lucky or some shit or like oh, stuff fuck. like that. It's just like okay, like all right. yeah. And they're waiting and they got a look on their face like, oh, he hasn't got it yet. No, I got yeah. it. Yeah. No, I got it. No, it doesn't get better. <laughs> like, like they're like, no, okay, let me explain. No, you don't got to explain. No, I got you. <laughs> I got you. It just wasn't funny. It just was the 150th time I heard it in the last month. But um, it is what it is. I, it is actually a good name. Same with like Wait, Hope and Chester. Esther is Flower. What's Flower Bay? 
Yeah, <laughs> Elster. What's your real name? So he's on like, there. I, no, no, no. They, they messed up my spelling on my on the nominations, but you, you also don't have a year of birth, so I wonder what <laughs> I century you're from. A lot of things up, but um, yeah, my last name is actually Bay. I thought that was Instagram because I thought no, you were literally being like bang. Like that's the biggest, biggest like confusion for people because like that's my real last name on my passport and people and Bay started became becoming a thing. Cool. Like what like six years back. And people just thought I was calling myself a bay. Yeah, I, I know, thought, I did too. I was like I, I was like I was like, okay, cool, okay. Yeah, like no, it wouldn't fly in Korea. And it wouldn't. Also, yeah, and also flower is actually a direct translation of my Korean name. Oh no! So, shit. Yeah, so Esther Flower Bay is like my English name and then my Korean name. But how come? Um, what's the name they got here in your nominations? Uh, so here, so my Korean name is pronounced Pei. Pei is the bay. Gotsongi is flower. And yes, my passport is spelled with a double G because got is like a very hard thing to write out in English, right? The like the pronunciation doesn't really exist. So whoever did my passport back in the day just decided, okay, we're gonna just add an extra G in there. So. What? <laughs> no shit. Yeah, yeah, but my last name is Bay B A E. Well, how come Esther's not on there? Oh, uh, because that's not my passport name. Even though they still messed up my. Now we're getting into nitty gritty. So yeah. Esther's not your real name. Esther is just my given English name, like when I moved to America. Like Matrix Neo. Yeah, basically. Dog, you should have took Matrix Neo if that was an option. <laughs> <laughs> Are you telling me Matrix Neo was an option and you took Esther? Because it's, it's not too late. She's like, how about Michael late. Jordan? Hey, won't Michael Jordan? Listen, I didn't see. have an option. Wait, I don't think it's too late. And I think we got to think about this. Yeah. I think we got to think about this. Let me give me some time and I'm going to come back to you with this one. And I'm going to have a banger. Okay. Okay, Bay's okay. pretty dope, but we'll work on it. Okay. Well, that's, well, that's pretty cool. How do you, so how does it become anglicized, the first names? How does it, like, how do these names come about? People just pick names. Um, my mom just gave it to me from the Bible. I didn't know it was, like, an old name. Esther? Like, when I, yeah, like, when, when I was going to school a lot of my friends would come up to me and say oh that's my mom's name you know like like I didn't know it was like a name that was like popular back in the day in I don't know the 70s or the 60s but what yeah. is, does it have meaning what does it mean yeah Can it's you? um from Queen Esther from the Bible oh no shit my family's Christian but it's also a Jewish name What's um? Is there a meaning to your name, Arian? Or just terrible? What's that? Is there a meaning to your name? Uh, I mean, depending on how far back you go, it is uh, an Aryan race before the uh, 
Aryan race that the Germans have. <laughs> really? That's. What Is that the actual name? What's that? The Aryan race before the. I don't know if it's like uh, exactly taking from it or not, but like if you go back yeah. far enough, there is like a, a Aryan race, and like I don't know if like maybe there's a certain religion before like uh, uh, Islam that's like kind of related to it as well. Um, but I never like really looked into it too much as far as oh, you got to look into this and um, and and double back here. We're gonna do a full fucking episode on this. Uh, and then we're gonna rename Esther apparently too. It's yeah, what about your name, Ryan? What does Ryan mean? What does Ryan come from? Ryan legitimately means um so somebody had a son and uh it legit you guys get think I'm making it up. It legitimately means big dick. And that's fucking I shit you not, man. That's the legit no that's, way. No. <laughs> that's like urban dictionary or something. Esther, I'm joking. No, oh. my God. Esther oh. actually is. No, it means little king. And I'm not joking. That sounds right. Little king. How crazy is that? What is, would this chance have a meeting besides like the obvious whatever? Like, is it besides actually it being unique? Yeah. Is no. it, but is it from something or whatever? No. No, no okay. It's always. <laughs> You never know when you when you look into yeah. like the background of some of these names. I can tell you something else. Though. Okay, so Ryan actually me. It's like the Irish would give it to sons, and they're saying like like he's a you know little king, and it's whatever. It's cute, right? But Lapidat legitimately means um, abandoned in Romania, in and in, uh, in the language of Romanian language. So that means at some point somebody was abandoned in an orphanage and given the last name Lapidat. So I lit I will never fully know my lineage and nobody else will either, which also means I can make it up and nobody can prove me wrong. So, so I got a million stories I could say that <laughs> actually, and I got a couple that I work out, but, um, you know, what's, what's funny is on my database, there's another chance Mitchell, um, that competed at a rookie meet. And so, like, he completely, like, screwed up my database now. Like, it had, it had <laughs> world, world Championships first place, and then the next entry is, like, uh, like... There it is. This meeting is being recorded. I love it. We're back. We got a quick drop out here. Chance, do you know... What, what were we talking about before we... Yeah, talk? we were talking about my database and how the Chance Mitchell from Texas, the black 18-year-old Chance Mitchell that... We look similar and then shows up and does a meet and now my database shows I'm a rookie. And all these 93s are probably telling him, um, dog, you gotta do untested and get and get you suspended. They just gotta talk this kid into doing an untested meet. Fire that over to Gaston. Chance is gone. One less 93 in an already two packed of a division. Okay, it's probably gonna be Gavin. Okay, that sounds like a Gavin. <laughs> That's a Gavin right there. He's sneaky. You gotta you gotta watch him. Um, but yeah. So listen, we said off the hop, this is going to be loosey goosey and have some fun. We're going to talk about um, Asia in general, talk about like, you know, how updates, how things are going there, as well as a bit of a highlights only preview of the Asian championships. And uh, we got a little off track, but it is what it is, right? Yep. So anybody listening, as per usual, on whatever platform you're listening, please do subscribe, give us high ratings. 
uh, post it up in your Instagram stories and uh, hit us up. We will hit you back. And uh, if you're one of the lifters and we mention your name, you want to throw us in your stories as well. We'll hit you back until next time. Six oh, pack. Wait. Oh, wait, wait. Um, so oh, both Esther and I will be at in Dubai. Uh, I don't know when you get there, Esther. On on um, Thursday morning. What the first? Yeah, the first. Okay, same, same. I get there yeah. at at noon, um, but I'll be around till the night. If anybody wants to train, talk about training, talk about whatever you want to just hang out with me. Feel free as long as I'm not coaching at the direct direct time. Uh, but Desert Barbell for anybody that's going to Dubai, go out to Desert Barbell, best gym probably anywhere close to this area. As at powerlifting specific, everything, uh, bodybuilding equipment, whatever you want. Um, very, very good spot. It's just kind of on the opposite side of Dubai, um, but should still be very doable for everybody. So if it's not the training hall, it's going to be there. So yeah, I think that's- Let's also do plugs there. Let's do plugs for uh, coaching for you guys and whatever else. Yeah. Sure, you can go first. Yep. So I'm also an athlete and a coach um, at Reformance Training. So you can always look us up on Instagram or reformancetraining.com. And I also run my own um, platform online and offline called Strong Girls. Uh, We're trying to grow powerlifting in Asia for more females to join the sport and get strong and feel strong. So give us a follow there too. Arian, how about you, sir? Um, you know, as usual, Instagram, Coach Arian K. You can reach out to me for anything. Arian says it every time. He, he's getting lazy with it now. <laughs> and, and I got no more meets for the year, so uh, you can catch me in uh, Austin for PA Nationals next year. There it is. And cheers. Yeah, you can uh, find me um, at my new website. We are the Meta PL. So uh, I'm doing my coaching there. Uh, I am only working with IPF affiliate lifters. If you're USAPL or untested, sorry, <laughs> have to have to make the distinction there. But um, yeah, if you want to catch me in Dubai, uh, come talk to me. Uh, shout out to my sponsor, Stoic, Virus, Notorious Lifts. And yeah, you'll see me at either Powerlifting American Nationals or Sheffield. There it is. All right, guys. Um- Thank you for joining. Uh, Much appreciated for your time. And everybody else, until next time, make sure you hit us back.